This is Coda Radio, episode 555, for January 30th, 2024. Well, hey, friends, and welcome into Jupiter Broadcasting's Weekly Talk Show, taking a pragmatic look at the art and the business of software development and the whole world of technology. My name is Chris, and joining us, like the podcast and pro that he is, it's our host, Mr. Dominic. Hi, Mike. What's up? I'm here to collect your 30% Jizra for Apple. I mean, tax. I mean, oh, they're both bad. <laughs> it is uh, right. Yeah, that uh, podcast tax they've implemented now. <laughs> it's actually, uh, unfortunately, uh, the private equity firm that owns my house has sold it to Apple. And every time I poop, I have to cut 30% of the discharge and send sure. it to them. That's also, That's a- I think, going to be part of the strategy when you enter the Neuralink app store. Mm. You know, um, so and of course you can't screenshot things you're looking at anymore. So that's but, you know, it is a historical day. Uh, Elon Musk on Weapon X announced that the initial implantation into a human host has been completed and that they are recovering well. And he says, imagine if Stephen Hawking could communicate faster than a speed typist or an auctioneer. That is the goal. So. We've not seen any sci-fi recently or read any William Gibson books or anything like that. Just just going to go ahead and... Listen, Mike, how are you going to all build up a god complex and try to save us all from an impending doom if you don't first create that doom? Don't you know the Musk formula? You know, I... I yeah, but, but, I mean, Cylons, Cybermen, the Borg. I, there are so many good examples here of how this can... Let me pitch it. Let me steel man this. Chores suck, right? Chores suck chores suck right so got you there i got you there i mean i guess the disabled could use this but yeah that's really that's the i mean we joke but that's the real first breakthrough right although you can imagine the fun military applications of this oh yeah i could also imagine some really fun military applications which has to be one of the considerations here i would imagine they always end up being one of his biggest customers Elon, the only guy with a security clearance who can openly do drugs and talk about ketamine and somehow not lose it. But just barely. But just just barely. Just barely. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, so happy Neuralink Day. It's pretty exciting. I uh, I saw a picture of it, what I think was a real picture of it, and it's pretty gross. It's just what you'd expect. Somebody's had a hole in their head. Yeah, it's not fun. Yeah, although I do envision a future, and I don't mean to be a cynic, but this is how this kind of thing gets rolled out. Um, so first of all, we're years into this. So you got like your, your, your blue origin type competitors that'll come along to Neuralink. You'll have these competitors. And at some point, somebody's going to nail the enterprise, probably Microsoft. It's probably, it's, it's probably going to be called like team link and it's going to be integrating you right into Microsoft teams. And you're going to be the most efficient worker ever when you get team link. And because, you know, Bobby and Sue next to you have team link. They're kind of crushing it on the reviews, and they're fine. You know, and they get to interface with it with the kit at home they have. They get a little kit that interfaces with their home automation system so they can use it at home, at work, and maybe even in their car one day because it's going to use the open link protocol. So that's great. So, you know, Bobby's got it. Sue's got it. They're getting great reviews. They're getting so much work done. I've got a lot to do. You know, there's more things than ever to take care of in the year 2042. So I need this. Okay, but we've already proven that Microsoft's giving a company $8 billion 
cannot get them to use Teams over Google Hangouts. <laughs> All right, you're right, dang. Teams Teams is the weak link. Yeah. <laughs> we add a we add a level of surgery and I feel unless this is some sort of repo the genetic opera situation where people start fetishizing surgery, I, I just don't see it. I mean, Microsoft exists. The reason why I use them is because they exist in this world where they don't always compete on the merits of the product, not always. Like I think in the case of Teams, they really get to take advantage of this horizontal scale they have. So you're already going to use Office 365 at most, yeah. you know, large enterprises or medium enterprises. You're already using the Microsoft services. So why not also just use Teams, right? That's the why not also use this? Why not also take advantage, right? That's the whole Microsoft ecosystem strategy. And uh, you know, you might not be the best product, but they'll have a great deal for the company and the 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 sales guy will take the CTO out on a great trip. So, you know, Teams Teams link might not be the best, but they got it at a great price. So uh, you know, how could you say no? I mean, I, I joke, but you, you, you combine this with some headphones and an Apple Vision Pro. Oh, God. And we're there, buddy. We're there. You know, and maybe you're trading your cryptocurrencies and your NFTs in your Vision Pro. Right. And you're not doing anything productive, but yet you're somehow generating money. You got chatbots making trades on Wall Street. You got people that are farming different weird things on the internet. You got bots having fights with bots. You don't actually need people producing anything. The whole thing can be a synthetic economy, uh, and it's going to be fantastic. And how do you get there without Team Link? You know, Chris is being funny, but it's true. Like, there are many organizations you walk into. It's not, what solution can we have for, I don't know, insert problem here. It's, what Microsoft solution do they have? Because they're so... There's a there's a there's a rep in there so deep to excise that person is like cutting out a tumor in the middle of uh, the butthole of a Kardashian. I kind of lost the thread on that one. Look here, Mike. Look, uh, he's here to make your job better. He's here to help you work better as a company and help identify where they can assist your company. And Microsoft, they're going to be a partner and they're going to bring all that means to bear to help make your company more productive And we're going to work together. And as long as you and I work together and you go with us, nobody's ever gotten fired for going with Microsoft. It's such a tidy little arrangement. And it all fits together so perfectly for this corporatist takeover of our minds and our faces and our wrists and our pockets. It's, I mean, you couldn't write it as a movie script, right? Like if you you did a six-part movie, you couldn't make a thread that goes this neatly through it all. So what you're saying is resistance is futile. (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah. Coder.show slash membership. Thank you, everybody who becomes a member of the show and supports us directly. We're ad-free right now. We have been since the start of the quarter. And this is one of those moments where we really lean on the memberships to continue production, make sure that we can pay the bills, including our fantastic editor and also our hosts for participating in the show. But more than that, I think, because I think that's sort of the obvious, I think one of the things you might not realize is you're also giving us leverage because we're not coming to sponsors absolutely desperate, hat in hand, begging for any sponsorships we can get. We can still say no. And we are actively stay- saying no to some propositions that we just don't think would be a great fit. We can do that because of our members. So thank you so much to our Coder QA crew. If you'd like to sign up and support the show directly, you get an ad-free version of the show so you wouldn't be hearing this. <laughs> and, uh, of course, you're supporting us directly and giving us that leverage as well. So you go to coder.show slash membership to sign up. We really appreciate it because Coder is getting a little frostbitten by the ad winter and your support keeps the lights on. 
coder.show slash membership. Speaking of Apple, boy, they really had a week. I mean, they are just thrown around their weight. Glorious. In a way, like if you just go for the raw, unbelievable power of it, they're taking on nation states now. And winning. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. They're like a silverback gorilla yes. in the jungle, or like, like busted out of the zoo and is enraged. And he's like, you know what? I see your hot dog cart. I'm going to throw it at the churro cart. And I'm going to take a churro and turn it into a cannon somehow. They don't give a crap anymore. They're no. just like pounding well, their chest. Well, you know, it's like they roll out Phil Schiller, right? So he's a fellow now. He doesn't have yeah. like an active day job, supposedly. And he's got no to give. You can tell in the way he writes. I, I can read an Apple press release around this UK Home Office uh, update stuff that they Glorious. Wrote. You have to read it, folks. It's really. You can tell Phil wrote it. It's like the old day Apple. It's like the Apple during Steve Jobs. It's got this edge to it. Right. Or Steve used to just tell someone that they were an idiot and to shut up, right? <laughs> well, and I suspect Phil probably, you know, helped screen a lot of what Steve put out. That was really Phil's area. And, the, and I think Phil, over the years, adopted some of Steve's language uh, and communication style and it's in there and he's just putting out there he says quote if the uk home office declined an update it could then not be released in any other country and the public would not be informed implying that not only would they be vulnerable to security issues but then they couldn't even be told they're vulnerable simply because the uk home office declines an update and i guess you know this is part of the battles they want to have individual review processes there you know you got to think of the kids and the people and their poor phones it's 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 like that phil ninja move of but you're going to harm their security and privacy by doing this. I, I, I'm kind of with Phil very narrowly on this UK stuff, though. I, I, don't, I don't think we should dive into it too deep. But the, the UK has been making all kinds of weird laws that are both impractical and are going to have lots of unintended consequences for – And the EU, the both of them, right? It's been, it's been the EU also has been – and some of them have been good. Like the, you know, the first thing people are going to write in and say is, hey, we're going to get USB-C ports, right? All right. Okay, but that's okay. one win out of a lot of apparent losses here. But it's a nice one. No, it's I. I now hate my iPhone 14 with a lightning port because I know my yeah. wife has the USB C one, and if I just got rid of my phone, we would be a USB C house, right? If I just <laughs> took the early upgrade, but I don't want to. So, so. I mean, there, but I think you're right. I think taken in totality, there's a lot of tomfoolery and flexing, and you know, just nickel and diming going on here. And not resulting in anything that actually benefits the public, which I think is probably the ultimate complaint. Well, I think there's, if there's, all of these actions had resulted in genuine improvements, things would be okay. We'd be we'd be a different discussion. Things would be a totally different state. But instead, what we've gotten is just the screws have gotten tighter. Apple's gotten more vicious, and really nobody has won. Yeah, I think there's one minor win here, and it, but this is like doing 3D chess to get there. That having the browser ballot in the EU may force Apple to make uh, Safari suck less on mobile. That's a big May, right? That's like three Aunt Mays stacked together. Uh, but everything else, I mean, complete, complete. Like Apple's just like, okay, we'll comply. Also, my favorite one is the core technology fee. It's just yes. like throwing up the finger and being like, no, you just have to pay us. Whether we call it a, a commission yep. or a tax, you just need to pay us. So now it's a fee. It was brilliant because essentially what they said is the payment processing is the least expensive part. And it's really this core technology fee that you are so grateful to have. And, you know, I think 
there is an argument to be made. I don't know if it should be essentially 20 percent. Um, I think I think you could argue maybe 10 percent would be a little more fair. I mean, there is something there because you have to consider they're providing the storefront. They're providing the platform, the hardware, the marketing to some degree, some degree. So there's value there. But near 20 percent value, I think that's laughable. I think it's petulant. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just so brilliant, though, to label it as a core technology fee because you can throw anything in there. I mean, I, I you know, on the one hand, I, I don't. I find the argument of they shouldn't be able to make money a little a little crazy. Okay, so I now I'm done steel manning Apple. Before we get off this, before I before I start giving you their side, I just I got to mention Scheller tried to play off that that doing this could put elections around the world at risk. Yeah, I know. Everybody's so freaking I think that um, was weak. That was the weak play. That I think he showed his hand right there. Well, that's that's a play to politicians, right? Cuz what when he says elections around the world, he means like Trump, right? That's Yeah, especially when you're talking to the EU who I don't think we could find one elected EU politician who likes Trump. So, yeah, I agree. I, I agree. Like Biden did something very similar. We have it later in the doc. It's just like can we, you know, say what you mean and mean what you say? This euphemism bullshit, it's like, you know, it's not a willy, it's called a penis, okay? Just like Mr. Garrison would say in South Park. It's not election integrity, it's you don't want Trump to win. Which, can I make a Coder Radio bet? Oh, yeah, you got one? I will bet some T- TMB swag against some JB swag. Deal? Okay, all right. Well, I don't know if I'm going to take the bet, but I'd I, I go for that. They're cute shot glasses, you'll like them. Okay. I bet Trump wins outright. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if I would bet against that at this point. I think if you held the election today, I think if you held it today, it'd be a slam dunk. Fine. So you won't take the action. I Here's the more interesting bet. Hmm. Did they take Trump out before the election? Like kill him? No, I mean, I'm not saying that. I would never say Cause that. Because I just did and Neither would I, NSA. Um, I'm saying legal maneuvering, uh, yeah, some well, other you, controversy. You, They've tried to take him off the ballot, which is yeah. insane because then they're going to do that to everybody now. But Right. But, it, but, 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 but. Hmm. Don't you think, okay, isn't, isn't this the play? Imagine for a moment, you got Biden. He's got the worst polling in the history of modern presidents. And you really don't have a great shot of him getting reelected. But you don't want Trump. Trump scares the hell out of you. Nobody on the right is really scared of anybody on the left. They're frustrated of the left, but they're not scared by the left. But the left is terrified of Trump. And it affects the way they operate in such a way that they've campaigned for Nikki Haley in the primaries. They went and caucused for Nikki. But also, you recall, in the previous primaries, they funded mega candidates specifically because they knew they could beat them in a strategy to slow Trump down. And now we've also seen the Nikki Haley audio leaked where a GOP head tried to get her to pause her campaign for two years. And I think it kind of paints this picture that really it's just nakedly out there for all of us. It really is about it really is about Trump and trying to stop that. And then when you talk about election integrity, it I don't know, it seems like it's pretty embarrassingly obvious that you're not going to get Biden to win. Trump is problematic. And so they're going to go with Nikki Haley and everybody can love live with Nikki Haley. The right can live with Nikki Haley because she's not Joe Biden. So if they take Trump out, they can vote for Nikki. And the left, while they don't want Nikki, they'd sure take Nikki over Trump, and so they'd be satisfied. So everybody would be at least moderately satisfied and compromise with Nikki. 
The only thing is, is how do you get Trump out? He's a big problem. He's clearly a concern. He freaks the Democrats out. They can't have him. And the big boys, like the GOP leadership, and that leaked Nikki, or that leaked uh, uh, Kerry audio shows us, they want these mega candidates out too. Like your Mitch McConnell's, the heads of the Republican Party, they want these candidates out as well. So both sides, the left and the right leadership, are trying to take out these candidates, and they're all okay with Nikki Haley. So I think the more interesting bet would be, do they take Trump out or not? And if they do, I think it's a slam dunk for Nikki, assuming she hangs in there until they take Trump out. No way. No way? Okay, so there's the bet. See, that's the bet. No way. If you take right. Trump out and you put up Nikki, uh, I, you know, I th- she's fine. She's smart. I, I, yeah. I didn't love her debate performance, yeah. although I watched those debates as though I was watching the New York Yankees play against the Plant City Little League team. Cause, like, I, I loved the moment where she went up on stage and said how she wanted to dox everyone. That was that really showed you who she is. Okay, well, that, that like debate, like they shouldn't have happened, right? They were jokes. Um, what, what if you get rid of Trump, you'll you'll disappoint and disaffect the Republican base too much, and the Democrat will just win by default, which is why there's so much Democratic money I don't going think into so. Nikki. Oh, I don't think so. You're crazy. All right, I'll take that action. I think the hatred towards Joe Biden. I think you're forgetting the let's go, let's go, Joe. Or let's go, Brandon. I think you're forgetting that I did that stickers. Yeah, but that's Republicans who hate Joe Biden. Exactly. So there's they'll show up and vote for Nikki just to make sure Joe doesn't get in. And the Democrats, well, they just won't show up at all. And they'll just capitulate and let Nikki in. Assuming they take Trump out. They're not going to take Trump out. Uh, it's my bacon, dude. I'm not saying they necessarily will either, but I'm thinking that's the bet. So I'm betting they will just for the fun of it. And the, Nikki wins. Regardless of what happens... This drumbeat for control of social media and, quote, AI, whatever you think that means, um, and basically just like interpersonal communication and speech is not going to stop um, because it's kind of like a 9-11 moment, right, where you get the Patriot Act. We're going to have the political uh, version of the Patriot Act here unofficially, where the folks who tend to be in power look at Trump and say never again. And not, not just the person of Trump, right? Like Donald J. Trump, the man, but the idea. And it's not even like the crazier stuff Trump does. I, I firmly believe that if you Wonder Woman lassoed half these guys, the thing they would tell you is that they hate populism and they just kind of want to keep the status quo and, you know, whatever you feel about that, you feel about that. But the, we should get off this. But the, the thing, especially like in our little tech bubble, that I think a lot of us don't understand is there are a lot of upset people out there, a lot of angry people who aren't doing well. Um, And, you know, San Francisco, New York, even Charlotte, uh, even, you know, weird ass, uh, what is it, not Houston, uh, the one everybody, the tech one that everybody goes to in Texas. And frankly, Twitter are not the norm of the country, right? Your your baseline voter is not someone who would ever be on Vox or The Verge or or, uh, anything with Aunt Cara. So... You got it, and and they're not doing well, and they're upset, and so they turn to someone like that. And I, I think the theory is that if you choke off their ability to share those ideas and to vent their anger, that they will just be disaffected and not, uh, you know, vote accordingly. I that's crazy. You should solve their problems, right? You should say, you know what, you're right. It's bullshit that there have been record profits and record stock prices and massive layoffs, right? It's it's insane that you can do share buybacks. Like these are the the complaints 
uh, you know, these are the things that are screwing the regular Joe. So rant over. But No, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's well said. And I think it is about populism. And we're still we're still fighting over right and left. The reality is RFK and Donald Trump, who are the probably the two populist candidates in right now, um, have more in common than they have probably sure. apart, I guess. You know what I mean? Well, look at all this stuff with like the president of Harvard and the diversity and inclusion stuff. I mean, ultimately, whoever wins that debate, which the answer is always going to be nobody because it's just a stalemate doesn't change the the facts on the ground for working peoples of all races, right? It 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 doesn't help you. And it not honestly, I think it's an intentional distraction. Cuz look how much coverage, like yeah, the media is narcissistic, it likes to talk about itself. But all the coverage of this one woman at Harvard cuz she said something stupid at Congress. And and then Bill Ackman cuz he went on a tirade about her on Twitter. Who gives a crap? Let's talk to the people who just lost their jobs. Or to the, you know, the decades and decades of offshoring that has affected the average American. But we don't want to talk about that. And if you do talk about the offshoring thing, they say you're racist. And, you know, they say you're populist. And, well, well, that's why, you know, throwing him off Twitter, throwing him off Facebook, uh, sure, it probably does something. But if you really don't like Trump, then let's uh, revitalize the main streets and let's do it in a very, you know, <laughs> you got to give people work. I like we have a story in the doc. I'll just jump to it now. These bull subsidies that Biden is giving to the chip makers are not going to go to, you know, Bob, the uh, machinist or anything. They're they're. I mean, look at Foxconn in Wisconsin, the biggest boondoggle we've seen since the reconstruction. It's a complete disaster. It just it's they're they're too like the Democrats are are not even really a working class party anymore. They talk about nonsense cultural stuff that ultimately doesn't matter. What you do in your house is what you do in your house. They don't help the working man. Um, and they've pissed them off because enough of them, you know, enough of us, frankly, have become aware that it's all bull that they went to the Republicans. Well, and I'm going to add while we're on a roll, because you're, you're nailing it. We have a serious problem in that the only party that allows for a populist candidate is the right party. So you're only going to get a right-wing populist because the left tried and they sabotaged Bernie but Sanders. they can't try because they're funded by Goldman Sachs right. and Blend. Well, and, Bernie uh, tried and the DNC internally conspired against him to sabotage him, including, you know, attacks against his faith. And you remember Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Go look her up. <laughs> Amazing. She Her emails leaked specifically talking about taking Bernie out so that way they could position the establishment candidate at the time which was Hillary. So they sabotaged their populist arm intentionally, internally. And they did it again, the second election against Trump. Well, and, and what the right offers is, hey, man, I know you lost your job. I know you're down in your luck. And, and I know you're getting this lecture that you're a deplorable, you're a bad person. And they're telling you that, you know, anybody can go in your daughter's locker room at school. The right says, we'll help you with that, that last part. Well, you're not wrong. We'll validate your feelings and say, you know what? No, we're not doing this change. And that's all they offer. And you know what? When the other side is offering absolutely nothing, a lot of people take that. Yeah. You got to feel like you're in control of your life. You got to feel like you're in power. When Trump was in office, you know, he added to the deficit. He kicked yeah. off the events that led to He was to in no way a conservative. <laughs> right. Like, right. He just isn't. Right. Yeah. Well, guess what? Special announcement. 
Uh, I'm trying. I'm experimenting with bringing back the unfiltered show. So I thought we just did it. I know. Right. Well, there you go. We're going to, well, I need it. We clearly, there needs to be an outlet. So there's going to be the unfiltered show. You can go check it out. Unfiltered.show or just search for unfilter in your podcast app. For those of us old timers, will the, will the old feed still work? I think so. I think it should. Uh, You should like this uh, first episode back too. Is it out yet or? Yep. Yep. Oh, Oh, I know where I'm going right after this. It starts with Vic. So you're going to love it. You know, (laughs) you know, we need, I see negotiating on the air. So he has to kind of say yes. Election special. I mean, it's going to be a crazy election year, right? I, I could be. I I could just. We could just sit there. Give me a bottle of gin and watch me get yeah, more get, more and can, more depressed and get canceled live on air. You just get. I, could, I probably just canceled myself anyway with my uh, <laughs> gym gym bathroom comments uh, or locker room comments. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't argue with that. Don't miss the launch. The weekly launch. Let's warm up the week together. I'll play the most interesting stories going on and the clips that set the stage for the week and play you a little bit of music, something you can listen to while you're getting ready for work, something that you can listen to maybe while you're working out. I don't know. That's not me, but I'm not that guy. But you probably could because I try to play a good beat from time to time. It is the weekly launch, and it's part of our Jupiter Station feed, a new podcasting 2.0, completely compatible, fully featured out feed that will feature Jupiter live streams and events. And the weekly launch is a pre-show where I warm up our audience, I warm up the live stream, we play clips, we play music, and I hang out before the Coda program. And I got to tell you, if you're a Coda radio listener, you should be listening to this because often I'm playing the clips that give additional context to things Mike and I reference in the show all the time. Every week, I'm always playing some clips to prime the audience with the news stories, to give them the context and the background for whatever we're going to talk about in Coda radio. Because I think it's just general good information for people. We put a bunch of other stuff in there too. It's pretty fun. It's an experiment, but I'd love to get your take on it. I'd love to get your feedback. So go check out the Jupiter Station. That's the RSS feed. And then what you're looking for in that feed is the weekly launch. We've just had our third episode. It's just getting off the ground. So you haven't missed much yet. And they're they're pretty short episodes, so you can catch up pretty quick as well. So go check out the weekly launch on the Jupiter Station RSS feed. So AI companies will need to report their safety test results to the U.S. government. This is uh, the result of that executive order that uh, Joe issued, 90 days it had um, to uh, sort of cook. And then under the Defense Production Act, yes, that Defense Production Act that was such a controversial thing to use just a couple of years ago, uh, compels AI companies to share vital information with the Commerce Department, including their safety tests. So, uh, Mike, you're going to share your safety test with the Commerce Department? Oh, yeah. Let me, let me get right on that. <laughs> oh, uh, what does that mean? It's Valentine's Day. I'm going to send them a little card with Batman and, and uh, Harley Quinn on it. And there we go. So um, you yep. are being compelled by the Defense Production Act. Uh, I don't know what that means. And here I was just thinking about making JB a po- an AI podcasting play. So, so actually you, you and I are not being compelled. Okay, good, good. We're good. not big enough. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, U.S. cloud companies. It's so, right. I mean, I, you know, we just kind of did this, right? This is all about the election, and, and I don't believe anything else. I think this is straight up, that's all. They're worried about uh, AI-generated content. That's it. This is not, this is a kind of nothing story, but because it's using the Defense Production Act, which, by the way, was this weird thing before when we used it to make, like, vaccines, but now is like, I guess every Tuesday we're going to use it now. Great. <laughs> awesome. It, it, was, it was fun in World War II. You know, that's where we are. I mean, I maintain I think it's pretty I think it's pretty out there that this is the first time in software development history where 
uh, the individual components and ingredients and thoughts are being regulated and not the software that's being produced. Uh, I think this is historical for software development. Never in the history of even the op- even the operating systems that run, um, you know, some of the most important equipment in the U.S. military, they have different standards than this. Uh, this is a remarkable uh, level of detail now where we're auditing the tests as well. So we're auditing the hardware, the scale of the code, the, the scale of the models, um, and now we're also auditing the tests. And there are not one, not two different federal agencies involved in this audit, but there are nine federal agencies, including the Department of Defense, Transportation, Treasury, Health, Human Services, will all be involved in completing risk assessments regarding AI's use in critical infrastructure. Uh, so basically, i.e. things that large companies make, uh, like Microsoft and cloud computing, specifically cloud computing and cloud computing companies are specifically mentioned in here. Wow. Wow. You know, I, I was just, uh, I'm very excited. There's this Magneto series that I discovered where Magneto becomes the uh, headmaster of uh, Xavier's School for Gifted Children, i.e. Yeah. the X-Men. And it turns out he's like, I'm going to change my ways because Charles is missing or dead or something. You know, it's Marvel. They come back. And it, at the end of it, basically the lesson is, yeah, they still kind of suck, though. Magneto was right. Like, there's nothing good that's going to happen with any of this stuff with the Defense Production Act being used in this way. The specifications you laid out there and that are laid out in this document are very, very subjective, like frighteningly so. We've already seen the uh, disaster that the IRS is enforcement. By the way, can we take a lap on this one? Yeah, yeah. We totally called it. Who did they go after for the ER, ER, whatever is it, uh, ERC enforcement, intention, uh, retention credit for enforcement? Small business. Not, small business, not the yeah. big guys. Right. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, it's it, this is another just another burden. Luckily, they're aiming a bit higher on this one, but th- these large companies are going to just this is just a, effectively another hurdle they have to jump, and they're just going to get around it. So, and, the, and they're incentivized for the thing. The thing that Biden actually cares about here, the the most of the founders of these organizations and the boards also agree is like the nightmare scenario. So there's no this is nothing. Want to pick it up a bit? Let's shift gears, because today is another historic day. It's not just Neuralink Day. Oh, no. Yep, it's Apple Vision Pro Day. The future, the future, Mike, of of uh, entertainment. It is not. Um, so I, I'll link to uh, Apple Rumors, which links to a bunch of the video reviews. I think The Verge has a really good one this time around. Did you get a chance to see any of them? Because I know they just dropped this morning. Um, I did see Neelai Patel's at The Verge, yes. Yeah. I watched that one all the way through. I thought he did a great job. And it's not selling the Apple Vision Pro at all. No, no. I, in fact, I was I was very impressed with his review. It was, uh, yeah, man. This, this looks like it's going up there with the Apple game console. You know, the first thing that struck me, and I've seen this in every video review now, Apple could just completely drop this pass-through screen with your virtualized thing. It turns out it's like a low res screen. You can see the pixels. And anytime you're in a highlight environment, like in a bright room or on any of these video sets, you can't see it anyways. It's completely worthless. And that's got to be a thousand freaking bucks right there when you consider the way they're monitoring your face and all the equipment they need to monitor your eyeballs and the screens that they've built into that and the glass that they have on the front of that and all of that and the thermals of that and the power requirements of that for something that seems to be a total, totally failed execution. I, I admit 
I'm only going off of pictures in every review I've watched, but in every one of them, you can't even see the stupid virtual eyes. Yeah, I, I, I think this is, again, something that the Valley, the investors, the tech companies that need growth um, want to be a thing. It's just not going to be a thing. Uh, there's, you know, there's some potential. I watched Joanna Stern's review as well, and uh, she used a, a recipe cooking app. And I think you'd actually like this. You should watch her. She's from the Wall Street Journal. And when she's cooking, she puts timers that hover over like the pasta and the sauce that is simmering. And not only does it have a timer and you can quickly add a few seconds, but it also has a subtext that tells you what stage of the recipe it is and where that's at. And you can tap that and get an expansion of what comes next. You tap it again. And it does a remarkable job, even in her dimly lit kitchen, of pinning those timers directly over like that, those, that boiling water. And she moves around the kitchen the entire time and they never leave that spot. They don't, they don't quiver in there. They don't drift a little bit. They really nailed that. Um, there's also other small little things I noticed, like the typing little uh, overlay and some of, the, some of those things seem really, really quite fantastic. I think Neelay went overboard about the loneliness. Uh, that's just the reality of VR headsets. And ultimately, the solution will be everybody get a VR headset. Clearly, you'll just have to buy more Apple Vision Pros. That's clearly going to be the solution. I think if you took that stupid glass off the front and you just made it a aluminum front, and if you wanted to indicate when people are immersed or not, you could just put a freaking LED light on the front of it. You know, make it fancy the way Apple would, make the faceplate glow or something like that, and you could just indicate when the cameras are on with an indicator light. You don't need to have a $1,000 pass-through virtual eyeball display. So you could cut costs right there, cut weight, cut battery use, and next year you put a faster processor in this thing. You upgrade the screens so that way the field of vision is larger than the Quest 3, which is a major disappointment. And I think I'm buying it. You drop a thousand bucks off, you get rid of the stupid virtual pass-through eyeballs, a little bit better battery life, you put an M3 in it, you get a year of apps. I think it's a product. Okay, we'll see. I mean... Dude, I am telling you, if I could wear it Right now, while I'm doing this show, right. and have the chat room overlaid up in the corner, have your levels in another corner. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's a business expense, and I'd do it. I might not take it out of the studio. I don't know. Who knows? And there'd have to be the apps for it. But yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what the apps look like. We'll see how fragile these things end up being. I feel like yeah. one drop, and you're yeah, you're like in a lot of trouble. There's that's a good point. That's a good point. But. Um, so it, the reviews are hitting and, uh, it's, I don't know, there's something fun about like new Apple product review day and everybody drops all at once. Uh, it looks like 200,000 units. Like they said, that's pretty darn good. If they're, you know, shooting for like 400,000 this year, they've already got halfway there. Yeah. This is what we said last week, right? Like if, if this actually ends up working and you, uh, are an early developer to it, there is money to be made for sure. The question is, does the product gain enough traction for that to be true? And that, that, I think that's an open question, right? I'm long bet here. I'm looking at the roots. You know, you know what I mean? Like with Apple, you can tell when they, when they rush a product and they're not really committed. And then right. there's those initiatives they do where they spend five plus years behind the scene building, like with the M transition. There's some products that they really truly like they re-architect parts of the company to serve this thing going forward before they've ever even launched it. They do that on uh, every now and then, every, you know, every five, six years. And the Apple Vision Pro is that product this cycle around. 
right? They have re-architected part of the company. They have fundamentally created a new operating system, a new hardware division, a new type of everything. And I think they've been working on this thing for six plus years based on the documents that we've seen. I think this thing has deep roots and with a target of 400,000 this year and definitely looking at how rough this thing is, especially with the virtual avatars. And unfortunately, the pass through seems to be pretty weak and low light and only does about 40 ish, 49 percent ish of the color spectrum, it sounds like. That's also the field of views weak. You've, you've got kerning on the edges. All that's got to get fixed up. But Apple, out of all these companies, is going to be able to nail that price point eventually. It's going to be, always be the most expensive, but they're going to have the best combination of hardware, features, ecosystem, and price. And I think that the roots go too deep for it to be just one iteration. I would, I would bet they're going to probably iterate on this thing in another year or so, assuming that the economy doesn't collapse. I'd like to see one that makes sense, right? That would be cool. But yeah, and it needs to be more than just an iPad on your face, to your point. But uh, right. Yes. All right. There. I just wanted to touch on it since it did launch today. As we go on the air, it's here and people, you know, that aren't YouTube celebrities and Wall Street Journal reporters will be receiving theirs over the next week or so. So if you got one out there, write in either boost in or email in coder.show slash contact. Let us know. One last story that was sent to me this morning. I guess GitHub ran a little co-pilot research project, um, and Visual Studio Magazine is reporting on the new research that shows that when they looked at the code quality and maintainability of AI-assisted code compared to what had been written by humans, they didn't like what they found, and they released a white paper um, from, I guess, the people that released it are called GitClear. I'll link to all this in the show notes. And they write, quote, What we find disconcerting are trends for maintainability they say you look at the percentage of lines of codes that are reverted or updated less than two weeks after being authored. We are projecting it doubles in 2024 compared to 2021, which is our pre-AI baseline. We further find that the percentage of added code and copy-pasted code is increasing in proportion to the updated and deleted and moved code. In this regard, the AI-generated code resembles an iterate contributor prone to violate the DRY-ness, the don't repeat yourself of the repos visited. Uh, But basically, I guess to summarize this, they say looking at code that they see generated before AI and after AI, they see what they call code churn is their term, in that there's almost a matching here of they see a lot more added code, copy and pasted code, and it is proportional to the updated, deleted, and moved code. And the overall quality is down. Okay. Okay. I mean, I don't know if I buy it. I, I remember reading similar things about Stack Overflow back in the day. Um, I Sure, right? Like, I think Stack Overflow is actually the right analogy here. You, you should not just be blindly putting in Copilot code for your application. But to say that, you know, if you like, you know how I use it, Chris? I go in and I'll do like the, oh man, what do you call that? The, the other tick on the tilde key. Oh, you know what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I triple hit that. And then I'm like, because I, I suck at remembering the math formulas for like, like I'm doing this uh, this accounting program for a customer. And like I have to do like amortization of, of uh, payroll, right? Now there's a set formula that, that you use for, like, you know, standard gap accounting. But I don't, hell if I remember it, right? Sure. So like I do the three tilde thing. It's not the tildes. It's the other uh, symbol on that key. And I'll type in, or I'll just go to chat to people like, hey, 
you know, in Ruby or whatever, but in this case with Ruby, what is a, a, the right formula for this? And it'll either give it to me in code, although I've noticed ChatGPT doesn't love Ruby that much, which is interesting. Uh, if you ask it, it will tell you that it's written in Python and it will extol the virtues of Python. It's, it's a partisan AI at this point, right? So, uh, But it, it'll give me the formula, right? Whether it gives it to me in the form of like pseudocode or it gives it to me in the form of like Ruby that I then tweak, um, it's fine. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I do think we're very far from the state where we can say, you know, generate me a full functioning, you know, CRUD app for this database. But it's early days. And I would guess that a lot of the people using CodePilot in, in the manner described here, with that just like copy and posting things out, are probably junior developers using it as a crutch to struggle. Mm -hmm. And isn't that just what they did with Stack Overflow? I mean, and that's what everybody did with Stack Overflow. So yeah. I, I don't. It just it just feels like this is maybe we're getting old or maybe I'm getting old. It just feels like we're having the same argument. Just replace Stack Overflow with you know insert your your coding assistant of choice. All right. Well, I wanted to wrap up with just a couple of more notes on the Vision Pro, just because there's a couple of things that we didn't touch on um, that I, I had I had written down. Just a couple of observations. Um, one of them is you cannot rearrange the home screen icons and you cannot pin web applications to the home screen which is a bummer considering Netflix and YouTube don't have apps, among others. So there's some real restrictions there. But I had wondered about the multi-window situation. It's seemingly you can have a ridiculous amount of windows. I, so from what I can tell, you can have more windows than you should. And there's no window management tooling, really. So you kind of, kind of get out of control. But you can put them all over the place, and you can pin them in spots and rooms, and they'll stay there. And uh, and uh, you can it, it is true multi window float put them wherever you want rearrange the size iOS multitasking it could be interesting right like I'm not I'm not a total hater I just I, I don't know maybe I'll go try one on at the Apple Store or something yeah I think that's it I don't think it's worth the money now I mean the fact that you can't even rearrange icons or pin web apps just tells you how early this thing is right that's uh, just uh, the reality of it and uh, that's fine. That's fine. We'll sit back and uh, we'll wait for reports from the audience. I'm sure they'll enthrall us with their tales of visiting virtual worlds in the Vision Pro. Ask not what your podcast can boost for you, but what you can boost for your podcast. Thank you, everybody, who takes a moment to boost in. If you'd like to boost, well, get a podcasting 2.0 app like Fountain. 1.0 came out and it's uh, great. And the integration with Strike now. I think Strike is available in almost 40 countries now. And it is a fantastic company. And a great way to get sats. You load them right into your fountain wallet and you can boost. And each bit of that boost supports the whole production here, including our crew and the Podverse developers, as well as uh, the Podcast Index, part of the Podcasting Tutorial platform. Thank you, everybody who boosts in. And our baller boost this week came from Ryan with 30,000 sats. And he just says, keep up the good work. Well, thank you, sir. We will keep up the good work as long as you keep on boosting. Appreciate that. The next one comes in from Rotted Moot, 25,000 sats, and just says value for value. Indeed, sir. Have a bell. Appreciate you. And a round of applause. <laughs> Mick Zip comes in with 25,000 sats and says, let's hit that goal. Well, we'll find out if we did. And Sir Alex Gates, the podcasting 2.0 consultant, comes in with 23,607 sats. He says, I noticed something. He says, uh, you said that was embarrassing, an embarrassing boost. 
And I was reminded of a Letterkenny scene. Mm. Uh, you nailed it. You nailed it, Sir Alex. Uh, I'm a Letterkenny fan. It's effing embarrassing. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Figure it out. He then puts it to us. Andromeda yeah. versus Farscape. I don't think you're going to like my answer here. I know I'm not going to like your answer, and you're going to hate mine. So let's go. Okay. I I think I like Andromeda better. <gasps> I like Andromeda too because it's it's Hercules. Yeah, it's Hercules in space, dude. And also, like the ship was a little cooler. I thought. Yep. Yep. I don't know. Um, Farscape got a little wild too, whereas Andromeda stayed a little more sci-fi. Yeah, I loved Andromeda. You know, I in fact I haven't thought about it until I saw this in the doc, and I'm like. Uh, in the age when gods were cruel on starships, right? Like, it's Hercules in space. Come on. You got to love it. I guess Plex has it for free for streaming in the Plex of app. Of course it does. Huh. I mean, that, not my, that, that could be fun, dude. That could be a fun rewatch, actually. Kevin Sorbo Space Marathon. I love it. Yeah. And you know what? Higher production uh, than uh, Bab 5 as well. Ooh, that's hateful. But it's true. It's true. Um, yeah, I don't know. You just, you just, you just, you just can't help yourself, can you? I feel like Farscapers out there, is that what they call themselves? Farscapians? I feel like they probably, they're probably listening right now and, and uh, getting upset. But uh, I mean, just, just, just listen to the, 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 the blurb they have on Amazon Prime video, uh-huh. for, which, by okay. the way, streams it. Rescued from a black hole by a salvage ship. Captain Dylan Hunt finds himself 300 years in the future. The universe is in chaos and the Commonwealth has fallen. He recruits the eclectic crew of the salvage ship to aid him in restoring the Commonwealth, but finds their motives are often at odds with his own. I mean, it's literally Kevin Sorbo on an evangelical political mission, which is just Kevin Sorbo. (laughs) Funny how that worked out. It's amazing. He he was preparing for his future life with this show. (laughs) The Cranky Croc comes in with a Spaceballs boost. One, two, three, four, five sats. So the combination is one, two, three, four, five. Oh, Lord. That's the stupidest combination I ever heard in my life. Since I finally got my sats ready. For those thinking doing the same, you want to have enough beers in you that you're willing to give this weird sad thing a go, but not so many that you have to part way through the process. I think that's it. I think he nailed the recipe. Kind of my general sales strategy. Get them enough drinks that they'll yeah. go for it, but not enough that they pass out. Yeah, Right. I uh, says strike and fountain do work for those of us in Australia. That's a great report. And I think when people ask me how they should get sats, that's the description I'm going to give them. Just enough beer so you'll give it a go, but not so many beers that you got to bail. <laughs> that's so good. Right. We want you slightly hammered, but not fist. Yes. <laughs> That's that's I think the coder that's a strategy. That should for be our life. motto: slightly yeah. hammered but not <laughs> defaced. The, the golden dragon comes in with thirteen thousand three hundred and seventy sats. Yeah, that's a hot boost. I'll say that. Coming in hot with the boost. And he says there's so many boostable pieces in this episode, so I'm sending a super leap boost. Ah, I see. It was leap sats times ten. Man, nice. That's a fun one. Fun will now commence. And uh, he says, thanks for the show and what a banger it was. Mike, have you heard of Aftershocks? They are bone-conducing headphones that don't have to go in your ears. So, first of all, have you been watching Magic the Gathering videos on YouTube? Because they advertise on the command zone. So, Oh, so have you tried them? No, I have not. Uh, I don't like, I've tried bone conduction headphones before. I'm not super fond uh, the other thing is I'm mostly like most of my audio listening is audiobooks, So I tend to just have one AirPod in, which, by the way, we are on our sci fi tangent. I am listening. I, I read it before, but I'm listening to it again. Salvation by Peter Hamilton. Aliens suck. Like you mm. should 
definitely a good read slash listen. All right. I like, we should you know, grab me a link and I'll throw, I'll throw it in there. All no, right. sure. Yeah. All right. I like that. Bunch of Nuts comes in with a Spaceballs boost. One, two, three, four, five sats. One, two, three, four, five. Yes. That's amazing. I've got the same combination on my luggage. He says, for the C++ coder in you, in CMake 3.18, they finally pushed C++, C++ modules from experimental to mainstream. Using CMake's target underscore sources and file set CXX modules followed supporting Ninja, MSVS, Clang 16, GCC 14, and newer. Now I'm just waiting for NixOS to offer a new version of CMake so I can simplify simplify my cobbled distro box Nix shell dev environment. Oh, bunch of notes. I'd love to know more about that. I've been I've been telling people DistroBox is the escape hatch of NixOS. Mm. Pop over to a distro that you're familiar with, like Ubuntu or a Fedora or a lizard-based one, and then you just pop right back into the clean Nix environment. Do you automatically become Italian, you, like from like Naples yeah. when you do that? Well, okay. it depends on the distro. It depends. Uh, well, yeah. Wait, if you go to Sousa, though, are you like, welcome to Sousa, welcome yes. in. Mm. Yes, exactly. Good. Yes. Good stuff. You will use the distro? You okay. will. What are you talking about, apt-get? There is no apt-get. <laughs> Nine. Exactly. That's that's exactly it. You got it. You will pay the enterprise license. DPG comes in with 4,444 sets. Thank you very much. And here's something for your trouble. Hey, Mike and Chris. Wondering if Mike has any thoughts on Kotlin and the newish Kotlin multi-platform. I have a friend who is a Kotlin zealot and absolutely swears by the work that JetBrains is doing with the project. Love the show. Uh, yeah, so take the easy one first. I know nothing about Kotlin multi-platform. I haven't tried it out. But I do like Kotlin. I have shipped a few things in Kotlin. It is a good evolution on Java, right? It, I would say if you're a Java head and you want to check it out, you definitely should because you can intermingle Kotlin and Java very easily. D.D. Smith comes in with Road Ducks. Boosting to support one of my favorite pods and to celebrate a fellow Iowa State alum, Brock Purdy, heading to the Super Bowl. It's basically me playing the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, I kind of feel that way. If it makes, if it keeps you boosting, sure. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. When, when this, you know, the rare occasion the Seahawks go to the Super Bowl, I'd actually get interested again. Uh, let's be honest, folks. Though this is the Taylor Swift Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, we're. I yeah. bet they're going to have more female watchers than they ever have. I guarantee it. Just to get a glimpse of, oh my god, does she kiss him like at halftime or something? Yeah, I heard somebody describe Taylor Swift as. A woman who's never quite grown up, who still kind of thinks of herself as 16, that women who've never grown up that still kind of think of themselves as 16 really like to follow. Um, Though I'm not a T-Swift hater, I'd watch watch the halftime. I mean, I have her stuff on vinyl, so it's kind of hard for me. But yeah, (laughs) I like the evil laugh from Chris. See, he's always mocking (laughs) my vinyl that I don't listen to anymore. (laughs) I gave it away. Cultivator came in just under the wire with a boost. 7,777 sats. Got it just before uh, before I uh, got to the boost. He says, Mike, please don't ever stop doing this show. I couldn't write more than a simple bash script. And I mean simple. But I keep coming back for that sweet, sweet Jar Jar. Oh, Misa not going anywhere. Oh, keep it a boost. I got to buy the gun gun bomb. Why are we encouraging him? You know, I actually found a character that you will find more annoying, but I'm working on the voice. Oh, okay. Oh, God. It, it took me 12 years. God, I can only imagine if this is you working on a voice. It's uh, okay. All right. Well, well no, now, well, I don't have to do show notes anymore because Tim Cook does them for me. So. <laughs> In your Apple Vision Pro. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? They just, man. They just keep rolling. Uh, thank you, everybody who boosted. And we had 11 boosts. Now, we had 157,110 sets. That's pretty good. I'd love to try to get to 200,000 sats next episode if we could. That's kind of our goal right now. We'll see. We'll see. 
but we really do appreciate everybody. Yeah, they're like um, huge now. I mean, the idea that they can just tell the EU regulators or the UK regulators or the US regulators to basically go pound sand or the fact that they can roll somebody like DHH when they know they have the US antitrust arm of the DOJ breathing down their necks, uh, they really have truly become a monster. They're winning so far, right? <laughs> like it, it, And yet, I still kind of want a Vision Pro. That tells you how screwed things are. Well, also, I, I noticed you're blaming me for Unfilter coming back in the show notes. Yeah. Oh, you saw that. I put a note there that says I blame you. Yeah. Yeah, you see, you're clearly getting me worked up. You're getting me all worked up, clearly. So I'm going to just blame you. Well, you know, between Apple and what, if you really need content in front of Filter, just track your Florida congressman. They're an interesting bunch. One of the, when somebody, when one of the first comments I got when the episode was first posted, somebody said, ah, Mike finally wore you down. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I, I actually unfiltered was always one of my favorite shows on the network because you know it's. I listen to a lot of the political crap on the other networks, and it's. Although I do respect them a little more now because they're not pretending not to be partisans, mm, which mm-hmm. is like it's just it's just easier when you just say it. But mm-hmm. yeah, we won't be finding unfiltered in the JB show feeds or anything like that. But I will have it on unfiltered us show because we have advertisers that we're trying to boo. Well, there's yeah, it's like its own thing. It just needs to be its own thing. It's like a therapy session for me is what it really is. That's why I did it again. Is uh, I get all worked up and then I get on here and I get all ranty and it's not good for anybody. It's not good for anybody. And actually, just jump in here. The craziest thing happened to me today. I was on a call. Uh, this person was trying to sell me something, and. She just outright said, oh, you moved to Florida because the Democrats in New Jersey. I was like, what? Wow. And she's also from New Jersey. And she just like lit into them. I'm like, this is a weird sales strategy. I'm like, uh, okay. You know, it's, there is something like, there is something about people that just kind of assume like which way you might lean one way or another. And they kind of just go in. But she took one look and was like, oh, because it was a video call. Yeah. yeah." And you're like, all right. I'm not sure if I should be offended or not. I mean, I get you. I didn't really care. Like, yeah. I don't care about that kind of stuff. But I'm like, I'm like that could have gone super sideways for this young lady. Right, like, exactly. Like, like some, I, I know, I personally know people who would have just, like, flipped out or just, like, ended the meeting and been like, thank you for your time. Goodbye. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Not, not, not good to maybe antagonize or to, uh, not antagonize is the wrong word, but to, to go controversial in sales calls. I forget why, but I think we're going to be live on Tuesday next week for some reason. I think it's something I'm doing. But You're I completely... traveling, I thought. Yeah, but I... You don't know where? I don't know what's... I don't know why. I just remember I needed... So we're going to be live on Tuesday, noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. You told me... Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I remember we brought you, it up. You said you're going somewhere. Yeah. I just don't remember where. Yeah. I know. Me neither. It's weird. Okay. So the game for, for this weekend and Monday is Where's Chris? If you can find him and take a picture, throw it on <laughs> Weapon X, you get like, I don't know, some stickers or something. We'll figure it out. There's a lot going on, dude. There is so much going on these days. I've been hustling. Oh, I'm supposed to be flying somewhere and I completely forgot. Like I, this is horrible. The United Airlines notification that like your trips in a couple of weeks because they're of course they want you to buy extra right they're like yeah yeah i totally forgot about the trip like just complete brain yeah. that's yeah. where i'm at right now yeah that's where i'm at i literally am going somewhere and i know vaguely that i because you know it's a schedule change so i know that like but i don't know why i don't remember what it's it um you know to be frank you know with revenue down and all that i'm just working uh 5 a.m to 7 p.m uh, Monday, Wednesday, Monday through Wednesday, at least I, 
I kind of take it easy on Thursday, and then I hit it again Friday and Sunday, and most of Saturday if I can, but that kind of depends on the kids. It's just nonstop. I mean, it, it's like, and I'm hoping it, you know, I'm hoping it's fruitful, but you really got to put the work in uh, right now to kind of lay those seeds, to sort of cultivate those deals and et cetera, et cetera. And it's just, um, it's really something. Plus, I don't want to slow down on production of content or some of the new features we're rolling out, like in the Jupiter Station feed. And we're also planning a trip to scale and we got to get that organized and figured out. So, yeah, it has been a lot. If, if you knew how much work it was, you wouldn't get into the job. I think that's probably true for a lot of things, though. So you take care of yourself and you get some rest. I will. You too. Figure out where you're going. Yeah, well, you got to figure out where you're going. You figure it out. Watch. We just like land in some bunker together. (laughs) Wouldn't that be amazing? With Dick Cheney. We run away together. Hand in hand, me and you. Oh, we can't sing, right? (laughs) Because DMCA. Hey, um, where do you want people to go to get a little bit more mic during the week? Go to alice.dev. And I, you know what? Find me on LinkedIn because I've, I've not been using Weapon X recently because I get a lot of weird porn DMs. Oh. Yeah, just my name, How do Michael I get Dominic those? on LinkedIn. How do you get those? Yeah, I'll be on Weapon X at Chris LES. You follow Magic the Gathering stuff and then you get them. <laughs> yeah. Links to what we talked about today, coder.show slash 555er. You'll find our contact form over there as well as our RSS feed. And hey, we'd love you to take a moment to share the show. It's the best way a podcast can get marketed is word of mouth. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the Coda Radio Program. We'll be live next week at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday at jblive.tv. We hope you enjoyed the program, and I hope to see you right back here next week.